Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. You know when you're sniffly and you can't breathe through your nose, so you breathe just through your mouth? This show's like that. It's like breathing through your mouth and then tasting the world on your tongue and then closing your mouth and then swallowing the goodness of the world and then um, not choking and then being at one with the universe. Adrift with Jeff Lloyd and Annabelle Port. Non, rien de rien. Non, je ne regrette rien. So sang Edith Piaf. Okay. No, I have nothing to regret. Uh, if you hear those words and you think, what? <laughs> Every interaction I ever have with another human being, I find multiple things to regret about it, then this is the podcast for you. Hello, and thanks for downloading this episode of Adrift. I mean, that's cer- certainly the case with me. And um, I'll talk more in a second, but you have an iPhone, right? Yeah. Do you find it strange that when you take a photograph on an iPhone, the sound effect is of an old-fashioned camera? Oh, I'd never thought about it before, but that is a bit strange. It doesn't need to do that. Yeah. So anyway, the reason I mentioned that is I was on the London Underground this week Mm. and I was reading some news article on my phone and it's quite often the case that I'll read something and think, oh, I'd like to to remember that. So what I do is I screen grab it, press the button on the side of my phone and the one at the bottom and it captures what's on the screen. Mm. And to the phone's mind, that operates in the same way as taking a photograph. So it makes the little photograph sound. Mm -hmm. So I'm reading something this week. I'm looking down at my phone. I think, oh, I I need to remember that for later. I I click it and it makes the sound. Yeah. I then look up and a woman is glaring at me. Oh, no. She thinks you've taken a photograph of her. Of her feet. Worse, yes, because you're that person. So what? What Ooh. do you do in that situation? Because oh. I think you look mad if you go, "Oh, I wasn't taking a photograph of your feet." Yeah, you can't acknowledge it. That's worse. So I got off at the next stop, even though, you know, I was going many more stops. I had to wait for another train. That's the only thing to do. Yeah. Similarly, I was in my local leisure centre recently, mm. and there's a cafe that looks down at the sports hall. Okay. So, so to look- be clear, you were just in a cafe, really. You weren't doing any sport. <laughs> just wanted, yeah, yeah. The check things haven't changed dramatically recently. <laughs> well, I'll be, I'll be honest, the reason I was in the leisure centre is they have soft play for babies. Uh. So I was taking the baby to soft play. I was waiting for the soft play session to start. You know, one session ends and you're waiting for the next one to start because uh, okay. they can only let so many people in. And I'm looking down from the cafe at the sport hall and I see they've got um, digital clocks above the hall. Mm-hmm. Now, it's a huge hall and it's split in two. 
and the clock on one side says 10.57 mm-hmm. and the clock on the other side says 10.58. Oh. And I think, I know what I'm going to do. I'm going to do a hilarious tweet about how it sits directly on some kind of meridian line. So there's a time difference oh. between one half of the sports hall and the other. Yeah. And I think that's going to be a great tweet and it's going to go viral and that will be the making of me. Right, right, yeah. So I then set about standing on this balcony trying to take a picture that captures the two clocks at the same time. Mm -hmm. As I'm doing so, a somewhat panicked Leisure Centre employee comes over to me and says, Sir, sir, there's no photography. Please, no photography. I'm thinking that's weird. Why would there be no photography? And then I realise what I am doing in essence is taking a picture looking down on a sports hall full of children playing. Oh, God. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it got worse. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And I think about saying, no, no, look, it's fine. I've got a baby with me. But then I think, what if I look like an abductor? (laughs) So those are are two interactions that I regret in the space of the last week. If you're insightful and aligned with this vision, you might be ready for the next phase. Jeff Lloyd and Annabelle Ports. Adrift. Well, this podcast is nothing if it's not a coming together of like-minded individuals who, if we actually came together in the same space, we'd just all be standing around looking at our feet and not really knowing what to say to each other. And we ask you to join in. You can email us hello at adriftpodcast.com. So got an email here about an example of not wanting to cause a fuss. This Mm. is from Ash. He says, my girlfriend called the local kebab place to place an order. She always calls as I can't speak to strangers on the phone as I will make a mistake or tell them I love them at the end and have to move to space forever. So she ordered two halloumi kebabs. I was feeling brave, so I drove down to pick them up. As I arrived, the man asked me my name and then put two bags of food on the counter and said, £26, please. I nodded, paid the money and took the bags. I broke out into a cold sweat, knowing that my girlfriend would think me pathetic, and rightly so, drove home and handed her the bags. Luckily, she is a meat eater, so the cornucopia of flesh-based delights was largely not wasted. But as a vegetarian of some 30 years, I had to settle for the two portions of chips and some sort of vague (laughs) yoghurt sauce. All I needed to say was, Noah, I ordered two halloumi kebabs. But I didn't. And I never will. Life is hard. I told you about that time when I was once in a department store and I needed to buy some towels. Oh, those are nice towels. And in my mind, a towel can only cost so much. Yeah, yeah. So I take them to the till and um, they ring them up. And for two towels, it's £120. Right. Oh, God, that's so expensive. <laughs> right. But instead of then thinking to say... Oh, sorry, I didn't realise they were so expensive. Mm-mm. I just thought I'd better pay with a credit card then. Yeah. <laughs> I said exactly the same thing recently. I bought a £99 dress because I thought it was a juice in the cell and it wasn't. And when I said, oh, I thought it was less than that, and she said, no, I was too embarrassed to say, oh, I can't afford it. So credit card came out. Yeah. I took it back the next week. <laughs> uh, more on those, please. Um, not wanting to make a fuss. This is from David. He says, around 15 years ago, I went for a weekend away with my ex. We stayed in a B&B in Ilfracum, North Devon. We had a very early coach back home and asked the owner at breakfast if she could refill our water bottles so we had a drink for the trip. She came back with half-filled bottles as she couldn't work out how to get the top off and had filled the sink and squeezed the air out of the bottle and let the suction fill the bottle back up as much as it could. I think we ended up saying sorry for the inconvenience and made our way to the coach stop. Oh, and shyness is nice. Mm. This is from Sean. I was just leaving work one day 
starting my walk home to a house that I'd only recently moved to when my boss spots me as she's getting into her car. She offers me a lift and not wanting to seem rude, I accept, even though I'm already anxious at the thought of needing to make small talk for the duration of the journey home. We make polite conversation and she's in the middle of saying something as she approaches a junction where she would need to turn right from my house. I can see that she's going to turn left, heading for the place I used to live, but she's still speaking and I don't want to interrupt her. By the time there's a pause in conversation, I feel like I've missed my chance (laughs) and quietly direct her back to my old address. When she pulls up outside the house I no longer live in, I thank her and pretend to be getting my keys out of my bag until she dries off. I have to catch a bus back to work and start my walk home all over again. Oh, that is so good. Um, Shyness's nice stories is something we are always on the lookout for. So if you have something on that, we would love to hear from you. Also, anything on the subject of pretending to know what you're doing and hoping no one else will notice. Um, Going out of your way to avoid stuff. Pangs of anxiety. Oh, here's a, here's a new one we'll throw out for this week. Pangs of anxiety about things you said or did years ago. You'll be going about your everyday life and all of a sudden you're crippled thinking about something you said in 1996 and um, and not wanted to cause a fuss. If you have anything on any of those topics or anything else that you feel fits in with the podcast, we'd love to hear from you. You can email us hello at adriftpodcast.com. Now that you're listening, it's happening. Do you know it? Do you like it? When will you be here in the future? I will be here in the future. Adrift with Jeff Lloyd and Annabelle Port. Annabelle. Yes. You have something from your life on on kind of one of these subjects. Yeah, admitting that you don't know something or you don't understand something. Okay. And I'm I think I'm usually pretty good at admitting if I don't know something. Like if a small child says to me, "Why is the sky blue?" I can probably just say, oh, I don't know, mm. and I don't care. Like, I'm quite happy to do that. You lose your authority that way, though. Yeah, but I, you know, I, I'm not going to make it up. I don't know. But there are, I've worked out, two occasions when I do find it difficult. One is when I'm in a pub and looking for the toilet, and I feel like an amateur for not knowing. <laughs> so I walk with confidence in one direction and hope I'm right, mm. even though why should I remember where every toilet is in every pub? It's ridiculous. And the second one, as it turns out, this is I found out when I was living abroad, was I hated admitting that I didn't understand the language. I felt ashamed of that. So I lived abroad for three years Mm. working as a teacher of English as a foreign language, which is a job that sends out a clear message of I don't know what to do with my life, (laughs) loud and clear. (laughs) And some people end up making it their life. You know, why not? It's a nice job. But at first, I'm not sure how many people have a strong desire to spread the word of the English language. I think they just want to live abroad and put off the real world for a bit. Mm. So I go off to Poland, then Portugal, then Mexico, and I'm just there having a nice time. And I definitely don't know what. I'm doing. When I turn up in Poland, I've only done a month's course to learn how to teach English. So it was quite surprising to me that I was given the responsibility of once a week travelling to an army base on the Germany-Poland border to teach high-ranking officers English in preparation for Poland joining the EU. And I don't speak a word of Polish. I don't speak any Polish. And the soldiers that I were teaching were what's called absolute beginners. So you get absolute beginners and false beginners. False beginners know a few words like, okay, hello, how are you? Like they might have learnt it at school, but forgotten it all. Absolute beginners, they know nothing at all. And most of these soldiers, I'd say, were in their 50s. So they spent most of their life living in the Soviet Union. And I do feel a lot like I spend six months saying, hello, 
my name is Annabelle, then writing Annabelle on the blackboard, then saying, what is your name? And being met by blank faces. <laughs> Pretty much that's all I did for six and, months. And, and again, how old were you at the time? Uh, early 20s. Right. Yeah, 23 maybe. Yeah. Lovely men though, all men, treated me like a queen. I was like Cersei in Game of Thrones, but without the incest. <laughs> She's she's really popular, isn't she? But I haven't, as you know, I've, <laughs> yeah. not, I've not seen Game of Thrones for a few series, but that's a good reference, right? Yeah, yeah, she's yeah, beloved, yeah. right? Yeah. Every move I make, at least two of these soldiers rush forward to see if there was some way they could help me with that move. It was it was kind of glorious, so I enjoyed that aspect. Mm. You feel like Madonna in the uh, Material Girl video. <laughs> it's exactly like that. So I did try to learn a bit of Polish while I was there, but it's a difficult language, and as you know, I can't say the word speci- specific. <laughs> So it is something of a miracle that after six months I had managed the Polish word for excuse me. You ready? Yeah, I'm ready. Przepraszam. I'm sorry. Przepraszam. That's about it, though. I do hope somebody Polish is listening to this and will be able to email and rate your pronunciation of that word. I'd be interested to know, yeah. So while I'm there, I am spending a lot of time just pretending to understand someone and then just trying to guess what they're saying and then give an appropriate response. And the same was definitely true when I then moved on to Portugal, because obviously my Portuguese was no better. Now, there was one occasion there in Portugal. I was at a bus stop getting the bus into work and I'm waiting a long time for a bus. There there appears to be something of a problem. And as I'm waiting, more and more people are arriving, but no buses are coming. Eventually, something does pull up. It's a taxi, though, not a bus. And there's an elderly lady waiting next to me. And as the taxi pulls up, she says something to me in Portuguese. And I have no idea what she meant. But obviously, I'm not going to admit that, that I live in her country and haven't managed to pick up the language in any way at all. That I'm a stereotypical English person who abroad just says egg and chips louder and louder until it's understood. So I'm not going to say, oh, sorry, I don't understand as I'm going to guess what she meant. And I'm guessing that she's saying something along the lines of, would you like this taxi? Now, there's only one answer to this question because it's an elderly lady. She looks like she can barely walk. She's got a stick and she's been standing for ages. Mm. The answer is, no, of course I don't want this taxi. You have it. So I communicate this by saying, no, 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 which... (laughs) It's obviously, obviously Portuguese for no, or an approximation of it, because I found it very hard to say. It was like N-A-O with a weird squiggle. Right. No. Anyway, (laughs) I also make a kind of pushing away gesture with my hands to indicate, no, no, not for me, for you. The elderly lady gives me a funny look, and I assume it's my bad pronunciation of no. And then she appears to repeat herself to someone else nearby. There's maybe 15 of us at this point. Mm. But this person doesn't say no. They say yes, and then take the frail woman's arm and help her walk to the taxi. (laughs) It would seem that she hadn't been offering me the taxi. She'd been asking for my help to get her into the taxi. And I'd said no. And not just no, but no, 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 no. And they pushing away gestures with my hands like I will not touch you, no. And then I had to continue standing at this bus stop and then eventually get on the bus or looking like the most evil person on the planet. I do feel like more than any of the English football fan hooligans in Portugal in Euro 2004 that I've done more harm for the reputation of the English person in Portugal. And I say that this keeps me up 
at night more than my fears of the day coming when I turn on the news and discover that Poland has accidentally started war in Europe due to some language error arising from some terrible English teaching 20 years ago and perhaps some high-ranking soldiers being unwilling to admit they didn't understand something. I do think anybody who was on that bus that day when they heard about Brexit was, oh, you know what the British, you know what the British are like. Good riddance to them. Yep. Until we're all caught out pretending we know what we're doing, which we don't, obviously. Mm, it's quite apparent. Adrift. I just want to take a minute to thank you for downloading the podcast. This is the second episode, and the first episode, I, I struggled to talk about how overwhelmed I was by it because um, I worry about sounding sincere. Oh, you don't want to be sincere. No. <laughs> Embarrassing. But, I mean, it was really quite something. Um, it ended up at number one in the comedy charts on iTunes. I just want to say, I'm slightly uncomfortable with calling this podcast comedy, yeah. but there aren't that many categories you can choose from and you have to choose one. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I just want to address that. But it got to number one in, in comedy and, and, and number four on the main top of the Pops iTunes chart. So mm. thank you so much for downloading it. And we just need more people to do so. Now, I know what you're thinking. I don't want to recommend this to somebody else. They're not going to like it. Mm. But I thought what you could do is when somebody either in the pub or, or at your work or whatever goes to the loo, you could just take their phone um, and subscribe on their phone without them knowing. Yeah, and it yeah. may be weeks before they find out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So that will help with our subscriber numbers. And the other thing you can do to help us, and we'd be ever so grateful if you could do this, and I know a lot of people did last week, and I'm staggered and so thankful that you did, is you can give us a rating and a review on iTunes. By rating, once again, I mean a five-star rating. <laughs> By review, I mean a good review. <laughs> yes, but if you could take the time to do that, it makes such a big difference and it'll really help us kind of get this podcast afloat, as it were. And I thought to incentivize you to do that, um, we could do a little thing whereby if you can screenshot the review that you've written... And we can see from the date that it is in the current week. We can put everybody from that week into a draw, draw one person out, and then we could review you. We could give you a good review. Oh, yes, I like that. Yeah, yeah. you know, either to to your partner, uh, to somebody you fancy, to your employer, mm. educator, anybody really. So that's what we can do from, from this week onwards, just for two or three weeks, see mm. how it goes. But if you can write us a review on iTunes, if you then screen grab it with a date from this week, we will put you into a draw and then every week we'll draw somebody out and we'll give you a review we can post it to you, email it to you, or just say it on the podcast, and then you can uh, you you can play it to that person, and hopefully it will do you some good. I mean, there's no reason why it should do you some good. <laughs> no like no one's going to be impressed by it. <laughs> no. But there's your little incentive. So if you could rate and review us on any of the podcast apps, but especially on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, because for some reason that's the one that makes the difference, we'd be really thankful, and you could win a review of yourself. It's the person that sometimes gets in touch with you, but then you don't talk to them very often because you're just like busy. And it's not that you don't like them, it's just that you don't like them that much, so you just kind of lose touch and uh, go adrift with Jeff Lloyd and Annabelle Port. If you were to look back through my Facebook photos, you would see that I am somebody who has struggled over the years to find the right haircut. As an example of this, uh, in the early noughties, I'd been asked to DJ at a charity event at a gay club. After a set, I believe they call them, which had been less than successful, I was walking from one room into the other. I feel a tap on my shoulder. I spin round 
only to see uh, a look of horror on a girl's face. And she says, oh, I'm, I'm so sorry from behind. I thought you were going to be some gorgeous Tori Amos lookalike. Oh. <laughs> Which I think Tori Amos has a, a lovely head of hair, but I don't think it's necessarily something you want as a man. Mm, okay, yeah. When I was 15, as an attempt to stop being ostracised by girls for what I assumed at the time was my ginger hair. I had highlights put in and a haircut which could only really be described as Lady Diana-esque. <laughs> I'd like to see that. Again, not good. Okay. Since I got together with my wife, she has been manipulating me into a different type of haircut. Okay, yeah. And over the past 12 or 18 months, I've been going to the same hairdresser and it seems to make my wife happy. Okay. Which is one less thing to worry about. Now, the hairdresser in question is a few minutes' walk from my house. And I've been getting my hair cut by this Italian girl called Adriana. Okay. Now, I don't like stereotype, but she is very extroverted and passionate, like people from the south of Europe often are. Okay, yes. And again, I don't like stereotype, but I am passionless and <laughs> introverted, like people from the north of Europe often are. Right. The point being that she just always wants to talk. Mm -hmm. She's got a lot to say. Her life is very different to mine. She is a party girl. Okay. There are often tales of hedonism. Oh, okay, yeah. Uh, there are often long convoluted stories about dates she's been on. Right. And there are often stories about her twin sister back in Sicily who leads a very different life. And, and Adriana is quite judgmental of her sister in as much that she's got kids of her own and um, is breastfeeding them, the eldest of which is six. Oh. And she really likes to go on about this. And, and I don't think I've ever had my hair cut without her mentioning that her sister has titties like peppers. <laughs> and uh, those are her words, not mine. Wow. Okay. Anyway, last week I go in to get my hair cut and... I'm just in one of these moods where I don't feel like talking. Now, I know this isn't an uncommon thing. I recently read a thing about the oldest existing joke in the world, mm. which dates back to, I think, Greek times, which is a man goes into a barber's. The barber says, how would you like your haircut, sir? And the man says, in silence. <laughs> okay. So I think this is an age-old problem. Right. But the thing is, how do you tell somebody you're not in the mood for talking? Well, you can't, surely. You can't. No. So I think I will try and communicate this by non-verbal cues. Okay. So I go in, I sit down, Adriana says, how do you want your hair? I said, you do, you do what you do, you're, you're the best. Because I want to butter up a bit before I then start being a little uh, uncommunicative. Yeah. So she says something and I'm like, mm, mm. And, and I just kind of give smiley, but one, two word answers at most. Yeah. And she's not really picking up on, on the cues here and she's asking me things and trying to keep the conversational ball up in the air. And I just come out and blurt it out and I don't know why I did this. Mm. I say, Adriana, I've got a terrible headache today. Do, do you mind if I just sit quietly? Okay. That's okay, isn't it? Is it okay? Well... Was it okay? She she says, sure, it's no, no problem, no problem. Oh. Yeah, we do it quietly. Yeah. Then she proceeds to give me what I think is a spiteful haircut. No, she did. What, you think she gave you a bad haircut? Yes. No. Yeah. To get you back from not wanting to talk. Yes. So she does one bit with the clippers. And then when she gets to the other side, I feel she uses a different setting on the clippers. So it's quite uneven. No. Yes. And and the nape of my neck, it's, it's not quite straight. I think if you were to take a spirit level to it. <laughs> 
the bubble would be, you know, at the wrong end. So you're saying that you think that she thought you were rude and she got her revenge? Yes. Wow, okay. So is that a real thing? Could that possibly not be a figment of my imagination? And what is the correct etiquette in that situation? Do you always have to make small talk whether you want to or not? Okay. I found out in this week's The Incident. Michael Douglas is a celebrity hairdresser. You might have seen him on the telly cutting hair as the street barber on The One Show. So, all right, here we go. So, so how difficult is it to make small talk with people when you're cutting the hair? Um, I mean, it's, it's fairly easy. Most people will have a bit of chat. But do you understand that you are a socially competent person? Well, you know, there's a, there's, I'm a big fan of Kirby Enthusiasm, and there's a great... Uh, there's a great bit in it where Larry David is at a dinner with somebody and he asks her, he says, how often do you have sex with your husband? And she says, how dare you ask me that question? You know? And then he says, I'm just trying to elevate small talk to medium talk. Now I always go straight for medium talk. So I I am not, I am not interested in your holiday or your night out, (laughs) but I do want to know where you live precisely and yeah. have you got a partner yeah. and are you ha- are you happy yeah. or, or, or please tell me you're unhappy i can't remember who the quote is from but i think it might be fran Leibovitz. the the quote is mm-hmm. polite conversation is neither yeah i just want big talk i want big talk and do, do you know the person sat in the chair not wanting to talk mm. does want to talk but they don't want small talk. They want big talk. They they want to know. Um, they they want to talk about their failing marriage or how they hate their kids or how they hate the house they live in. They want to talk about that stuff, and I know that for sure because I have dragged that conversation out of them, kicking and screaming. See, I'm I'm not sure because there have been times when mm-hmm. I just sit there and I think I, I wish I could pretend that I'd gone mute. I could carry in like a little yeah. notebook with me saying I'm sorry I've lost my voice or, or whatever. Really. Yeah, I think so. Really? I think so. I've cut, your, I've cut your hair a few times and I have ne- I never found you not to be chatty. So whoever did your hair on this occasion, uh, I, I, you know, that was a very bad choice, Jeff. I find it very difficult to tell you if I've ever had my hair cut by somebody else because I feel, I know. Like, I feel like I'm cheating on you. You are cheating on me. Believe me, and it hurts. <laughs> but it it's, hurts. The, it's the difference between you're, you're, you're a busy man with a highly successful career in, in mm-hmm. many different facets of hairdressing and, and other media interests. And mm-hmm. sometimes I just want to wander out of my house and get my hair cut. I don't, I don't want to go through the process of um, organising something know, days in advance. I, I realise that. But when I see you on Facebook with a good haircut <laughs> that I haven't done, I am really slightly heartbroken when i saw the publicity pictures for this podcast i was like oh my god look at him he looks really good and i'm i'm devastated by that but i also understand that you've got a a young baby and uh, a wife and you don't necessarily live near where my shop is Mm. so i I understand all that but i'm not going to pretend it doesn't hurt but it because it does have you ever have you ever had an occasion where you've had a client for years and then all of a sudden they've stopped coming Mm. to you and they've broken off all all contact like they've ghosted you let me tell you, this happened uh, like two years ago. I did Darcy Bustle's hair, right, right. for about about a year solid. Yeah. And she just dropped off the face of the earth. And I was devastated. Mm. And my agent rang me today and said, Darcy Bustle's agent's been in touch and wondered if she could come for a haircut. And I am contemplating saying no. 
Well, they all come crawling back, though, don't they? Don't they just? Because they go to bloody Charles Worthington or whatever, get a slightly crap job, um, <laughs> or if they get ripped off or something like that, and then they think, oh, I wish I, could, wish I could see Michael again. Well, no, you can't see Michael again because you have damaged this relationship, darling. I mean, I, I, I might see her because I could do with the money, but... <laughs> Um. <laughs> so, so have you ever have you have ever had the situation where if if somebody's mm. been a bit surly or stroppy, you've thought oh, I'm mm. going to teach them a lesson, and and you've given them a spiteful haircut? I mean, the thing about a hairdresser is that we are trained. I say we, like me as a collective group, we are trained to make people happy. That's all we're we're supposed to do from the moment we leave school at fifteen or whatever. Mm. We are just told to make the perfect cup of tea, to sweep the floor around them, to get them what they need, a nice magazine, and to make them happy. So uh, the grumpier they are, the more we want to kind of make them happy. Ah. So, uh, so, so it's a, it, it doesn't really work. Like the, the more miserable you are, the, more, the harder we will try because so, we'll see it as a failure. So maybe if, if, you, if you went and, you were, and somebody was annoyingly cheerful, then, mm-hmm. then you might give them a, a bad haircut out of spite. Possibly. Or, or, or what tends to happen is we start to shut down. If they're super chatty, I think, oh, for goodness sake, shut up. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not interested. You know what I mean? And, and, um, so, there's, so there's a level of conversation that's, that, that's perfect, which is a little question, a little answer, 20, 30 seconds break, and then a little bit more. But if you're too chatty, oh. and And then start talking about how your marriage is failing and how much debt you're in. I don't know. I'm always interested in that. Yeah. I'm always interested in that. Yeah. Big talk, Jeff. Big talk. That's what I like. I decided to phone my dad for some advice. Throughout my childhood, my mum would cut his hair in front of the TV. They said it was to save money, but I suspected it was because my dad hates interacting with other people. Hello. Hi, mum. It's me. Hello, darling. Do you still cut my dad's hair? Do I cut your dad's hair? Not now, no way. Um, I just wanted a word with him. All right, just hang on. Okay. It's Geoffrey. Hello. Hello, you're right. Good, Bob. <laughs> when did my mum stop cutting your hair? Oh, years ago. Why? Well, you know, them hair trimmers. Mm hmm. We've got, I've got a new one from Argos or somewhere, and. He, she just couldn't handle it. They were ripping chunks out on me. So I went hairdressers and I've been going for, oh, I don't know. Do you get your hair cut off the same person every time? Yes. A woman. And it's a woman. It used, it, it used to be a father's. Uh-huh. And is she chatty? Um, reasonably, yeah. But I don't say much what I am. Well, this, this is my question, really. So... How how do you close it down? Because I find when I go to the hairdressers, the 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 girl, she's really nice, but sometimes I don't want to talk. How do, how do you give the message without being explicit about it that you're you're not in the mood for chatting? Well, let's be honest. I just have it whipped down to her like a number five. So it only takes a few minutes, but I told her read a book. <laughs> what? And do you and do you ever worry that if you you come across a little bit rude or abrupt that she would give you an intentionally bad haircut? No, I wouldn't come across abrupt and rude. <laughs> I, I don't know if you know yourself very well if you think that. No, no. I just say things that 
and most of them don't understand anyway. Lily Allen is one of our smartest and funniest songwriters. She's also a pop star, so she has a wealth of experience with hairdressers. Because of your job, you get your hair mm. cut, your makeup done all the time. What What is a normal amount of speaking, do you think, in that scenario? Well, I don't know. I mean, I guess whenever I sit in the chair, people always assume that, you know, if you're a singer and you get your photograph taken a lot, that you've that you've got like a lot to say about how you want your hair and that you want to get into a really long winded conversation about it. But I really don't care. About my hair. <laughs> do you not think that that's, that's their job? You don't want to be sitting there telling, telling them how to do the job. It's like people who sit no. in the back of a taxi telling them which way to go. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's like, well, also, if I was good at hair, then I'd probably just do it myself. But, you know, you're the hair person, so you just get on with it, isn't it? And I'll, I'll just sit here on my phone. <laughs> <laughs> but part of the social anxiety for me is worrying that what other people will think of me constantly. And I think if I was in your scenario, if I was a pop star, I'd, I'd oh. be thinking that all these stylists were going around t- saying to each other, I'll tell you, as an awful person who's just got a head and a phone the whole time is Lily Allen. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I've been in, I, they do do that for sure because I've sat in, you know, the chair and that people have been on a job with somebody else the day before and they definitely, you know, they definitely do slack people. I just assume that exactly the same happens. So I'm not going to spend my whole day being like, they want one cup of tea, like just so that I don't get slagged off for Jesse J the next day. Like, <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, you're so secure in yourself. <laughs> Um, yeah, I guess so. I'm, I'm deeply, deeply insecure, obviously. But, um, <laughs> Except in this one, one particular issue. Area, yeah. <laughs> would you, if if they'd done your hair and you weren't happy with it, would you, would you say you weren't happy, or would you just do what everybody else does and nod and go, oh, "That looks great." No, I, I just do that. I just nod. I mean, literally, my hair's been like burnt off and you know been like destroyed by people, and I've you know still give them a massive tip I'm just absolutely I mean, that's my social anxiety like I, I can't do the confrontation thing so it's like yeah that's brilliant thanks do you think I'm being paranoid in real life that I think the hairdresser might have given me a spiteful haircut yeah I think you might be being a bit paranoid yeah okay. <laughs> sorry to blow your whole concept of your show but, um, or, the, or this part I know it's not particularly helpful it's sort of like the whole concept of my life, to be honest. The whole concept of my personality is just worrying I about think, things yes, like this. Honestly, I think A, like you probably are being paranoid, but B, do you really care about your hair that much or what people think? I don't care about my hair at all, but I'm desperately concerned about what people think of me at every interaction I ever have in my life. You've got to get over that, man. I mean, because otherwise you'd just be sitting there wondering, like wandering around life worrying about that the whole time like where does it stop how do you um how do you feel this interaction has gone perfectly fine okay I, 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 I'm, I'm hearing you say are you that. worried about how i what you're not worried that i think badly of you based on this interaction are you yes you're gonna go you're gonna put the phone down and be like oh god Lily Allen thinks i'm a dick yes yes don't do that i don't <laughs> care you don't care <laughs> but even saying you don't care is quite a dismissive thing to say well, no, well, I mean, I don't, what I mean is, is I'm not going to, I'm going to, I'm going to put the phone down. I'm probably going to make myself a piece of toast and like settle in to watch Game of Thrones again. Um, but, you know, that's, I'm not, I'm not going to think about, about it again. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. See, see, it's upsetting to me that you wouldn't put the phone down and think, oh, it's just great to speak to Jeff. Isn't Jeff a great person? 
I've already gone through that <laughs> when, we did our, when we did our intro bit, you know. Okay. I, I've already, I was already like, wow, God, it's nice to hear Jeff Boys. I haven't spoken to him for ages. But uh, that was just a, 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 an inner thought in my brain. Well, I'm over it. But it was just a fleeting thought. <laughs> I'm not sure that any of these conversations have given me the resolution I've been hoping for, but I do think I'll ask my wife to start cutting my hair. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Hi, uh, do you mind if uh, just signing on this uh, clipboard? Uh, it's just $4 a month. You can give money to this charity and then uh, it will just come straight into your bank account and then we can turn into an evil corporation and take over the universe and then kill babies and small children and women. Jeff Lloyd, um, Annabelle Port, Adrift. On to the part of the podcast where we embarrass ourselves by begging. Yep. If you enjoy this, we would be ever so grateful if you made a contribution via Patreon, which is a platform which matches up creators with people who want to make small financial donations. Is that all in your own words? Or are you reading that off the website? <laughs> I'm so humiliated to be Aww. doing this. So last week we, we talked about Patreon. And I have to say, um, some people have made little donations and I am astonished and so grateful and at the same time so embarrassed that people have done this. I want to thank you so much anybody who has made a donation and can can we just apologize as well can we just get that out there we're sorry we're sorry yeah. but so grateful at the same time very so this is the thing on patreon people offer rewards in return for financial support so we have come up with some rewards it's all in american dollars for some reason mm. but he, here are the ones that we've settled upon and thank you to everybody who suggested um what, what they would like to receive yeah so if you are willing to donate $1 a month, mm-hmm. we're going to get a cash for honours system going. Oh, yes. Have you ever felt like you deserve a title? Who hasn't? But let's be honest about it. It's probably never going to happen no. in terms of the Queen and that sword. <laughs> no. <laughs> so in return for $1 a month, we will give you a title. It could be a sir, a lady, a viscount. Ooh, a viscount. We could really dig into some of the more obscure royal titles yeah, here. Yeah, yeah. So um, if you would like a title, $1 a month is what you need to donate, and then we will bestow that upon you, and we will also keep an ongoing list of everybody with a title on our Wikipedia page. You can choose one for yourself if you like, but if you don't want to go to the effort of doing that, then we will choose a title for you. For $2 a month, you get that plus you get to rummage through our bins. What do we mean by that? What I mean by that is all the stories and bits that we don't get time to include in the podcast, so we don't want it to be too rambly. I know you may find that difficult to believe, (laughs) given how rambly it is, but we will give you access to all the stuff we've had to edit out of the podcast. 
I don't mean the bits where I start a sentence and think, oh, I want to start that again. <laughs> I mean, there are, there, are, there are stories and bits and pieces that we don't get time to include in the podcast, and we will make you a package, let's say once a month, of the stuff that's deleted yep. from the podcasts. For $5 a month, you get all that plus access to an exclusive quarterly podcast party. This is an extra podcast created just for people who are supporting us for $5 a month or more on Patreon. And we we will answer anything you want to ask us. We'll also do special bits. For example, my wife suggested, why don't we on these get her, my wife and Annabelle's lover, Tom. Boyfriend, yeah. To to give their perspective on some of the stories that we share on the podcast and, and, and give you what that looks like for them. Yeah. Perhaps getting a different version of the truth, <laughs> I imagine. For $10 a month, you get all that, plus twice a year we do a vodcast party, which will be like a podcast party only on video. Mm. And we we will do a roll call of people who support at this level or above. And that roll call will be in the form of a song. Annabelle will perform the song. Um, perhaps it will be like Song for Whoever by the Beautiful South, where he's naming all those ladies' names. Yeah, maybe. Perhaps it will take on the form of something like We Didn't Start the Fire. <laughs> yeah. Or yep. It's the End of the World of We Know It and I Feel Fine. Yep, yep. Any of those, really, yeah. So that's $10 a month. For $20 a month, and I know we are getting into the realms of fantasy here, Mm -hmm. so we're almost wasting your time and ours by even talking about (laughs) it, but you will get all of the above, plus a vodication, a little video specially made for you, which we'll email to you or or send you on a secret video link, and Annabelle will hand-make you a birthday card every year, or if you would rather it be a Christmas card or a religious uh, festival of your choosing, Festivus, Eid, whatever that may be for you, Hanukkah, um, then we, we, Annabelle will make you a card and post it to you. Yep. That is for $20 a month or more. And finally, this I know this isn't going to happen, nope. but we're not going to write a cheque that we can't cash. Nope. For $30 a month or more, you get all that plus a 15-minute life coaching session via Skype or FaceTime or whatever you want to use. Come on, who wouldn't want this that? This is just a private thing for Come you. On. You tell us what's going on in your life and, and we will tell you how you should proceed. I'll enjoy that as well. Yeah, I mean, it will be useless information <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. because we are barely functional as human beings. <laughs> if anything, it will do more harm than good. Yeah, 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 yeah. So those are the rewards. And if you would like to support us, we'd be incredibly grateful, as we are to people who've already done it. And those rewards will be applied retroactively to everybody who's already signed up you can do it at patreon.com stroke adrift when you were younger this show was just getting going to floyd and annabelle port with you now in your old age annabelle i called you the other day this is how the conversation went hi hello it's me hi yeah you're right yes how are you Yes, good, thanks. you sure? Yeah, yeah, good, yeah. It's just that I worry about you. Why? Just since we stopped the radio show, I worry about you having a bit of a lack of purpose. I mean, I know we do the podcast, but... Well, I am just at home at the moment, and I was was just lying on the bed. (laughs) Just staring? 
Yeah, that's what I was thinking. But yeah, yeah. It, it seems to me that the, the halcyon days of your life were when you were doing your paper round. Oh, that was a nice time. It was. Yeah. And I wondered if maybe a good thing for you to do, just to get you out of the house and uh, to busy yourself, would be to try and repopularise the paper round because we don't want it to <laughs> die off like milk rounds are doing, do we? We, we? we absolutely don't. No, I would definitely do that. So, how did you get on? Well, as you know, I did a paper round from the illegal age of 12 to the what should be illegal age of 18. I loved it, though. And I only gave it up as my mum said she'd give me the equivalent money not to do it. <laughs> because she was so embarrassed. <laughs> she said at the time it's because she wanted me to concentrate on my A-levels. But it is only recently, probably in the last couple of years, I thought, oh, I do actually think she was embarrassed of me, like her 18-year-old daughter going out on the streets at 6.30 yeah. every morning. Other people's kids were working in pubs, washing glasses <laughs> yeah. and stuff. and um, yeah. I think she was embarrassed. But I don't know why she was embarrassed, because it's a challenging job. On Sundays, the papers are so heavy. I had to get a trolley from Payless DIY. Although I have to say I did have an easy paper round that was amalgamated into the other rounds when I left. I feel like it's the respect I had as their most elderly paper girl. They just gave me an easy round and then they just got rid of it when I went. But they you, don't take... think that, you don't think they were just humouring you and felt sorry for you? No. Think it's all she's got going on in her life. <laughs> no. A lot of girls her age have got a boyfriend. No, none of that, none of that. Now, I'm thinking about what's going on with the paper round. And it's possible the problem is that people aren't getting a paper delivered as much. Because the only people I know that get a paper are you, Jeff, and also my mum and dad. And as soon as my dad works out how to get the internet in the toilet, he's gone. (laughs) And it's just you. But maybe there is a lack of people willing to take on the job. And I know one way to find out if this is true. I can call up my old news agents, Tarpot's News. Oh, I am so excited. As I'm about to call, it feels like it's going to be this really great moment, almost like a big homecoming, because I'm what was surely their longest serving paper girl. I'm probably kind of legendary in the shop. It's possible that a plaque has been put up in my honour. So I dial the number. A man answers. This is exactly how the conversation goes. Hello, it's it's Annabelle Port. Hello there. Oh, uh, hello, do you remember me? Why? (laughs) Oh, uh, I did a paper round there between 1987 and 1993. Oh, right, well, I don't personally remember you, no. Then he laughs awkwardly. Oh, I was was there aged 12 to 18, so I thought you might have heard of me, as I believe I'm your longest ever serving paper girl. (laughs) Oh, right, Mm, maybe the owners have heard of you, I personally haven't. So upsetting. So why, why, why was I not legendary? <laughs> but I can't forget why I'm calling. So I ask him how many paper girls and boys they have now. It's eight, which I'm pretty sure is less than in their heyday when I was there. Mm. I ask how much they pay a week because maybe this is the problem. He says, I'm unable to get that information out over the phone, I'm afraid. <laughs> over the phone? I'd do it in writing. Or if you came in and we had a face-to-face conversation about it. Then I ask the age of their oldest paper person. Bit of comparison, mm-hmm. getting competitive. Again, I wouldn't be able to provide that information, he says. I try and get him to get the owners on the line, but he says that I would need to come down and see them as I don't think they'd be having those conversations over the phone. (laughs) It's like I've run up Goldman Sachs and asked what the CEO earns. (laughs) 
Anyway, I have learned that they only have eight paper girls and boys now. Mm. Somehow I got him to admit this. He must have accidentally taken a truth drug before that question that very quickly wore <laughs> off. And this information I've discovered is backed up by a few articles I found from 2008, recently, saying it was in decline. And they don't blame the decline in newspaper sales. They say it's because kids don't want to do it anymore because they're too lazy. Now, I am worried because I can't see how I'm going to get more young people to do them. But seeing as I did one up to the age of 18, maybe I can get older people to discover the joys of the paper round. Like, why should it just be a teenager's job? Don't answer that. So I decide to go out onto the streets Mm. and try and drum up interest in adults for paper rounds. I'll be up front straight away here. It was a total disaster. It seems that people, adults, don't really like being asked if they consider doing a paper round, that it might somehow be insulting to them. (laughs) Interestingly, though, two of the more polite people, there's only two of them, they both said that they didn't fancy it as they were too lazy. Like being a paper girl is like being a junior doctor or a top lawyer or a minor (laughs) or something. So I'm feeling at this stage that I need some help. I can't do this alone. What if I get involved a top headhunting agency? They can headhunt paper boys and girls because it's cool to be headhunted, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. I'd love to be headhunted. I'm just putting that out there in case any headhunters are listening to the podcast. I think about it all the time. Never happened, probably never will. (laughs) So I call up one, one of the top headhunting agencies in the country. Hello, I say, I'm calling on behalf of a news agent. We'd like you to headhunt us some paper boys and girls. We don't really do that, I'm afraid, he tells me. Oh, I just, I thought you were a headhunter, I say. Yes, but not with those kinds of roles, I'm afraid. I clearly now just have to big up the role. So I say, oh, well, it would be for an executive paper boy or girl. (laughs) Oh, well, that makes a big difference. No, it doesn't, unfortunately. I'm being silly. Sarcastic. (laughs) No, unfortunately, we wouldn't headhunt at those kind of levels, he says. Not even for the right money, I ask. What would be the right money, he asks. Now we're talking. Mm. I tell him. Well, we could talk thousands. He tells me that if we were paying them 50000 and above, they'd be interested. So I make a great show of writing this figure down. <laughs> and they say, I'll check my accounts and get back to him. Which obviously I don't because nobody's paying paper girls £50,000 a year. But I do work out that during my six years of working as a paper girl, I earned £2,340. And if that's not persuading anyone, it's a great job. I don't know what is. <laughs> And that was episode two of Adrift. Thanks for downloading it. And if you want to make us really happy, take a couple of minutes to rate and review it, especially on iTunes, unless you're thinking of giving us a low rating and a bad review, in which case just go to an arcade and take it out on a -a whack-a-mole machine. You can support our podcast at patreon.com stroke adrift. And you can email us. We'd love to hear from you. Hello at adriftpodcast.com. Thanks to Man and the Echo for the backing music. They're playing at the Band on the Wall in Manchester on the 5th of September and at the Sugar Mill in Stoke-on-Trent on the 9th. Thanks to Emily Harrison for the bits of incidental music and to everyone who helped out with the incident this week. Hairdresser Michael Douglas is podcast 
is called An Appointment With. You can get it now. Also, thanks to my dad, he hasn't got anything to promote. And to Lily Allen. Lily has been very active in giving a voice to the victims of the Grenfell Tower fire. And you can help them by donating to the Evening Standards Dispossessed Fund or by visiting justiceforgrenfell.org. The four there is the number four. Thanks to Vince Lynch and Simon Wilcox for the voiceovers and the idents. Thanks to Patrick Gunning and Iwana Babu for the technical support. Kim Rainey made the wonderful artwork for our podcast. Carla Gowlett took the photos. Thanks to you and the smattering of other drifters for listening to it. And finally, thanks to the people of Poland, Portugal and Mexico for their tolerance of Annabelle's teaching skills at the turn of the millennium. Adrift. All right, on to the podications. Um, I don't know if this bit sounds any different to you in terms of the ambience, but we've just opened a bunch of windows because it's really muggy in my loft today. Very muggy. Um, and I think this bit is more laid back anyway. Yeah. I think it's like... You know when you see some cool guy in a tuxedo at the end of the night at the casino and he's just, oh. you know, he's got his bow tie hanging loose and That's his top button undone. That, that is what this bit is. So uh, the first, first publication comes from Janet, Janet Hindle, who says, Hi, Jeff and Annabelle. Hi. Hi. Um, just thought I'd try out the email. If you're still doing podifications, I have a significant event this month. I've been working at the University of Leeds for 40 years. Wow. That is such a long time. It's amazing. Yeah, and I thought I was in a rut being at that radio station for 18 years. Wow. It must be nice there. Um, I don't quite know whether I should be celebrating or whether it shows I'm an old stick in the mud. (laughs) I did change departments from the library to careers 30 years ago. So, as you can tell, I'm very flexible. You're right there. Yes, sorry. (laughs) Uh, The job has changed quite a lot, though. When I first started, there was one computer down in the basement. That's great, isn't it? Just Mm. thinking of this huge thing in the basement, like spitting out bits of ticker tape and uh, beeping away. We also had a collating machine, which used to be quite fun, as it tended to leave out different pages with each motion of the machine. I used to think it was a bit like whack-a-mole. Yeah, I'm not one, you know, like certain people like really into having a jukebox in their house or a pool table in the house or whatever, which I always think is a bit like being Tom Hanks in Big. But I do think the one thing of that ilk that I would like if I had the space was a whack-a-mole. Oh, yeah. You can really get out a lot of your rage on those yes, things. Yeah. One of the most frightening things I've seen in my life was I can't remember the exact circumstance, but I ended up in an amusement arcade with Annabelle once, and there was a video game which had a gun, you know, an actual gun that you held to fire at the screen. Rambo, it was Rambo. Was it Rambo? It was Rambo, yeah. The side I saw of you that oh, day. Oh, no. I didn't know about that side. It suddenly just came out. Yeah. It was extraordinary, yeah, it was, wasn't it? It was terrifying is what yeah, it was. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, anyway, Janet says, enjoyed listening to Adrift and looking forward to the next one. Janet! Ooh. I mean, that, that is high praise indeed. Thank you. Don't get carried away there. Yeah. Uh, the next one comes from Ricky Johnson, who says... Um, I've listened for two years at my driving job, but you broke my podcast virginity, yes. which I'm over the moon about. <laughs> this this is wonderful that um, you know somebody who's never listened to a podcast before has listened to this. Mm. You know, somebody who's only ever really heard broadcast radio. The thing that's slightly scary to me about it is 
by and large, I prefer listening to podcasts these days to listen to the radio. Mm. I still listen to the radio and there's still some great stuff on there. But once you understand that there is such a thing as a podcast and any interest you've got, you can find it. Or you could hear these shows where you're really uh, like the people, but without having to sit through records you don't enjoy. Um, it's it's like this whole world is opened up for you. Mm. And I do worry that people like Ricky are going to, this will be a gateway drug for them. Yeah. But they won't stick with it. They they will just find there are many better podcasts out there. Something for them, and and yeah. we will just be you know we will just be a stepping stone. Mm. That's good. It's good to be a stepping stone. <laughs> yeah, left behind. Yeah, yeah. Um, it says I can't be asked with donations, but I'd monthly subscribe to your podcast or pay per episode, maybe. Um, and one question: Will there be any music at all? Even non-signed bands once a month, maybe. Okay, so let me address those things first of all. I guess what the Patreon thing we mentioned earlier is, is like a subscription, only you can get the podcast whether you subscribe or not. So it's up to you. If you think, God, I'd, I'd even pay pennies for that, you can pay pennies for it. You can pay 25p an episode, which is a dollar a month. Or you don't have to. So if you signed up for Patreon, then you would in effect be subscribing, mm-hmm. but we wouldn't have any hold over you. Right. We'd have no leverage. Yeah. So there's that. And he says, will there be any music at all, even non-signed bands once a month, maybe? That's slightly more tricky. So on last week's episode, I had that music from Rebecca Taylor, Self-Esteem, because I know Rebecca. And, um, you know, it was it, it was nice to be able to play that for you with her permission. Uh, it's, it's not a music podcast in that way, though. Mm. And, and I don't want to put... I don't want to put you in a situation where if you are an unsigned band, you're going to the trouble of sending us stuff mm. and, and it not being featured. So that's I, th- I think it will just be on a kind of ad hoc basis, but mm. it certainly won't be playing songs like you would on a radio show. No. And, you know, we've got the backing music from Man in the Echo and maybe some other bits and pieces will come in that we can feature in that capacity. So that's that. That is Ricky in Smethic. And the final one comes from Daryl Cole, who says, Hi, Jeff and Annabelle. Hi. Glad to have you finally back from your sabbatical. I think a sabbatical should be longer than that, really. Yeah, sabbatical's usually a year, yeah. isn't it? Uh, he says, um, listen to the preview pod and we'll be one of the dozen or so who followed you from the old radio show. Mm. And I think that's what mainly it is. There's sort of 10 or 12 people who've um, listened to the old radio show and then maybe we're up to 15 people yeah including people who thought i wonder what that is i'll try that once Mm-mm-mm. and then we'll never listen again yeah. um without being sure if you plan on reading these one per show or several all together i think it'll be we'll do a handful if they come in at the current rate yeah if they dry up it'll just be one per show yeah you'll know <laughs> <laughs> uh, i'll be a long-term listener so read this out whenever you feel it appropriate well here we are on episode two um Please dedicate this to my much better half, Kim, who Jeff chats to occasionally during his Game of Thrones Facebook live sessions. So Annabelle are recording this now, and it was Game of Thrones last night, and it was so great. And it was the finale, right? Yeah. Mm. So I've been doing a Facebook live after it, because often my wife is out of an evening. Now, this isn't because she's making a cuckold of me. She has legitimate reasons to be out of the house. I think, Mm. I mean, it's possible she's making a cuckold of me and and covering her tracks very Mm. well. Mm -hmm. Um, And then after I've watched an episode, I just want to talk about it. So I've been doing Facebook Lives um, 
But of course, it finished next week, so I don't know what I'm going to do for company of an evening now. Oh, no. Mm. Lonely. Yeah. I want you to know that I've seen a clip of, um, I don't know when it was, but from the last definitely few series of Game of Thrones, Mm. um, and it was Cersei walking naked through the streets. Oh, yeah. Now, let me tell you why I saw this, because my boyfriend, Tom, said... Out of nowhere, oh, let's watch this. I think we should watch this. And I'm suspicious that he's just a pervert who just really wanted to watch her naked again, but like couldn't wait for me to go out. So so we tried to make out. It was this really great clip from Game of Thrones I hadn't seen. This was when she was being shamed when the religious fanatics had taken over and she was paraded through the streets naked and they cut all her hair off as well. Yeah. What's strange to me is she's kept that haircut even though she's the all-powerful queen now. Oh, you thought she'd get extensions? (laughs) Yes. Maybe she's also got an awkward dynamic with her hairdresser. <laughs> Maybe, yeah. The other thing, something about what you just told me as well reminded me of a few years ago, we'd gone away for New Year with Sarah's best friends, Maggie and Joey. And Sarah had recently um, seen a, the, the Kim Kardashian sex tape. Oh. And, and Sarah's quite prudish. You know, she's not a man of the world like me, a broad-minded <laughs> individual. No, um you know, I d- and, and I know that sex tapes are actually horrible, invasive things. And Oof. if they do go on the internet, don't look at them because that's somebody's privacy. Usually, I mean, there are some attention seekers who kind of yeah. leak them themselves in the hope that it's going to boost their fame. I'm not suggesting that was the case with Kim Kardashian. No, no. But anyway, she was she was sort of like oddly fascinated and repulsed by it all the same all at the same time. And she was telling Maggie and Joe about it while we were away in this hotel. And she said, "Oh, I want to show it to you. I want to show it to you." And she put this thing on the screen, and. It was the most uncomfortable situation. I, I'm a man who moves through life in uncomfortable situations. Yeah. And I think it was perhaps the most uncomfortable dynamic I've ever been in. Now, maybe if you're a so- certain type of person, that's how an orgy gets started. <laughs> but actually, I think what that did was open up some cracks in the friendship that have never quite <laughs> been repaired. Anyway, that was that. Um, Daryl says, you mentioned the idea of using Patreon, which I would willingly contribute to. Thank you. Well, we've, we gave out the rewards on this episode, so please feel free to. Um, if all goes to plan, you can soon be out of that hellhole. Oops, pr- probably doesn't apply now. You're recording from home. No, but, you know, I've got some chipped paintwork. <laughs> and um, I think there might be a bit of damp in the living room. Annabelle's flat. Somebody tweeted you to say you shouldn't have a baby in that flat. I know, I'm sorting it out, sorting the damp out, I promise. I think they were going to report you to social I know, services. that's what I was worried about. And, you know, as I mentioned before, there's the, uh, the the terrible debt I've got myself into in building the studio in the loft, so mm-hmm. the, these are the things that would be c- covered. Um, anyway, good to know that you're back and uh, 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 attempting to do it again with your inane, nonsensical musings. Thanks, Daryl. That's Daryl in Brisbane. So there we go. That was episode two of Adrift, podicated to Daryl Cole in Brisbane, also to Ricky in Smethwick and to Janet, who I'm guessing is at Leeds, if she's uh, working at the University of Leeds. Yeah. If you would like a podication or if you would like to jo- join in with any of the topics, you can email us hello at adriftpodcast.com. If you would very kindly um, like to spare us some change on Patreon, uh, go to patreon.com stroke adrift. And once again, the biggest favour you could do for us is reviewing us and rating us on iTunes because um, that really helps with the downloads and keeping us up there in the, uh, in the hit parade. So go to iTunes and do that. Thank you very much. And there will be another episode next week. <laughs>